Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat come back from the All Star break, but continues to struggle on the road. The Hurricanes basketball team suffer a heartbreaking defeat at home to break the streak, and the Panthers can't keep it rolling. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. What up, my boy? Yo, what's going what? on, bro? We back, cuz. We're on the week. yard. We're on the we're yard, on, dog. We're, we're, we're in the yard, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> holding like it down. Say, I like to say we're on the yard. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes me feel like I'm doing a bid. Nah, you know, I feel you. I feel you. Cigarettes I, for flavors. <laughs> or for, for cereal boxes or a crunch bar or something like that. You know what something I mean? Something like that. Something like that. What it do, man? How was the golf round today? It was good, bro. It was good to get to see my brother. I, he's been traveling like crazy, so all that guy to... does is fly around the world, dog. Yeah, bro. And he hit me up. He was like, "Bro, I'm in town today and tomorrow. Let's get some going. I can't tomorrow." So I was like, "You know what? Let's let's make it happen." And bro, beautiful weather. The course is looking good. Nice. Really good shape. You guys ended uh, up playing at Springs. No, we played at Shula's. Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, really, really good time, man. Um, but uh, you know what's that- funny? It's, it's random as hell that you guys, not super random, but like the fact that you guys played at Shula's today and today John sent me a shout out to John. He sent me like a, a two-man scramble tournament that some dudes won. He was like, yo, next year we're getting into it. And I was like, all right, for sure. <laughs> good luck. Uh, good nah, luck. That's how Shula's at their memory guest. I think I, did. I think I saw that today too, as a matter of fact. But, yeah. Um, nah, it was it was a good time, bro. I love that course. I'm, I'm thinking about even maybe becoming a member there at some point. Possibly. Why not, bro? You're you're close enough that you can make it happen, dog. You know what I'm saying? Or you can save some money to see what they do with Country Club. I'm not getting my hopes up there, dog. But <laughs> I'm definitely getting more and more excited for the trip, dog. We got a lot. Yes, of sir. You know, Miami got, golf balls. Yeah, bro. I gotta start. I gotta start really planning stuff now. Once everybody's pretty much locked in already, I'm waiting to hear back from like one more guy. But I think we're good to go. I think now is when your real work starts to begin, dog, right? You got to pair everybody yeah. up in the rooms, got this, that situated. It's going to be a, a fun, fun mission, to say oh, yeah. the least, dog. Uh, I, I'm the best man for the job. That's why I got the uh, the title. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Um, you know, uh, it's funny, man. When this weekend was super busy for both of us, right? Like we had a lot going on both personally and with like the show and the golf content and like keeping up with all the sports activities that was going on. And the one thing that I kept paying attention to was the heat, right? I kept paying attention to the heat to be like, all right, we went into the all-star break, losing two in a row. We're going to start off on the road. Let's see if we can get some type of momentum. 20-something games left, right? 23 games left at that point. Uh, let's see what happens with this heat team, right? We make the trade for Kevin Love. We signed, uh, not trade, we signed uh, Kevin Love from the buyout. We get Cody Zeller too. And it's like, all right, instant putting them into the lineup, seeing what they can do for the squad. And it was nothing. We we lose two games on the road to make it four straight games now on the season. And more importantly, the road woes continue because it seems like no matter what happens, no matter what the lineup is like, we can't figure out something, you know, to to really get rolling on the road, man. And this game against the Bucks was over before it even started. Just so you have an idea, guys, if in case you didn't watch it, the Bucks put up 42 points in the first quarter. That's never a good sign. Yeah, go and on. How many did Giannis they put left. up? How many, how many did, did they have at the half? It was uh, 73 to uh, 50-something. Yeah, Yikes. yeah. 
And Giannis left with like six minutes left in the first quarter. You know, hurt his knee, didn't come back, and yeah. they still smoked us, dog. Yeah, still so smoked it, us. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty, man. K Love's debut with us was not pretty by any means. We talked about it on last week's show. You know what we were going to see it to what capacity. I was a little surprised to see him in the starting rotation off rip, um, getting starter minutes. Um, you know, they were trying to, you know, I guess that the, the, the learning curve is going to be kind of short, you know, there's going to be a for quick sure. ramp up for him. We need to plug and play this guy, get him in there quickly instead of just kind of ease him in. Um, yeah. but you know, he, he didn't hit any shots, you know, for us that night, took a few from three, had some good rebounds, um, but really didn't have any impact the game and everybody else around him just kind of faltered, man. We just couldn't buy a bucket. We haven't been able to buy a bucket as of late, especially from three point land. Dude, it's been atrocious, atrocious, because even in that game itself, right, we were 9 of 40 from the three-pointer, 9 of 40. And it's like, okay, if you're a three-pointing shooting team and you rely on that, you'll still make, you know, your 30% on your bad nights, maybe 28%. But the Heat haven't really been a three-pointing shooting team this year, right? Like, Duncan has been missing a bunch of games, hasn't been playing well. Hero is struggling like crazy from the three-point line. Um, even Gabe Vincent, Struz, all those guys, like, everybody's been struggling from the three. So for for me to say, Coño, this, this team put up 43s up, you know, so confidently, it was it was kind of disheartening, man, because I wanted to see them experiment with the lineup, which is why I, I kind of got the Kevin Love starting. Right. You you only have a limited amount of games before you build some type of chemistry and see who your best lineup could be. So him starting wasn't a surprise, but like just just the lack of cohesiveness was very, very troubling, man. And um, yeah, the, the he got smoked 128 to 99. We weren't re- really in the game at all. You know, Jimmy played the best out of everybody. Eight of 10, 23 points, um, six of eight from the free throw line. But that was it. Even Bam struggled that night. And, and, and usually it's, we don't say that. Right. Um but for whatever reason, the length and the size that Milwaukee has always seems to, you know, bother him. And we saw Cody Zeller get some minutes. Um, Highsmith got some minutes. But again, it just didn't look like they were any type of cohesion, cohesiveness in the team. And and I'm starting to wonder, right, if it's because of the players that we have, right, or the expectations that we put on them, you know, because uh for instance, Gabe Vincent, that's a guy that we were like, oh, he's a hell of a second team guy. He can kind of initiate some offense when we needed to. But he's playing starter minutes now. And because Kyle Lowry's hurt, right? A guy that we haven't seen for the entire month of February, pretty much. Now, he's still not playing tonight while we're playing in, in Philadelphia. But it just sucks to to know that we have so many guards and we have zero real point guard play. You know, and that shit takes its toll, man. Uh, it does. Now that you mentioned Lowry uh, <clears throat> and us playing the Sixers right now, I'm checking in on the game as we're recording this. It's the first quarter's underway and we're tied up 17 to 17. But Philadelphia, man, they've been playing some good basketball lately. And this is not a team that, um, you know, is going to just let us come in here and get a dub, especially on the road. Absolutely. It's getting ugly. Absolutely. It's getting ugly, man. I, I get your argument for Gabe Vincent, um, but it's like we weren't getting anything with Lowry. And yeah, yeah you know, he he's having his, you know, spiral, not spiral, but he's just kind of a little lackluster right now. Mm. Um, I'm not blaming the guy. You know what I mean? You know, a guy that, that I, you know, I've kind of been hounding and, and I, I we expect more. I expect more. Guy by the name of Max Drews. You know, he's yeah. been ice cold from three point land. Hasn't been there this year. You know, where's Tyler Hero? Where's our shooting from those guys? Um, Jimmy, you know, having the 23-point the game the other day, 
He did what he could. You know, you might look at that and be like, damn, but Jimmy needs to put up 30. He needs to do more. Like, not really. Because if you look at the rest of the stat line, Jimmy did everything he needed to do while right. not sacrificing too much on his body and not being able to play in the next few games and all that. You know what I mean? We, get this, we sure. still got a long season. And, and if Jimmy's going to have to take the brunt of that in the playoffs, he's going to take it easy on, not quote unquote, take it easy. You know what I mean? Like, maybe take it right. a little bit lighter. Maybe not, not go 100, maybe go 90, 80 in some of these games because he knows that the guys around him aren't getting it done you know, on certain nights, on any given night. But he's pissed off. He came out and he said it over the weekend. He's, I'm tired of losing. So he's definitely bothered. You know, I'm sure Bam is upset as well. Coach Bo, you know, don't, we, we don't even got to talk about that guy. We know he's throwing a fit back there. For sure. But, you know, the question is, what what is really our expectation for this year? You know, and I was listening to uh, our boys over at Five on the Floor uh, recently, and they were saying that, you know, we're looking like a, a second-round exit team. And... Frankly, man, I, I, even at this point, I'm thinking that's a little too generous. That might be too generous, man, because if you think about it, there's nothing that you can look at in the last two months, right? Let's just cut it to two months. There's nothing that you can look at in the last two months that of this Heat team or and how they've played to be like, yeah, we got something. We just need something to break our weight. We've gotten zero breaks on the season, a bunch of injuries, and like, like, uh, like you said, there's. There's very, very little doubt that this team can extend their playoff run by getting into the second round. If we if we were to finish the season today, not only do we end up in the seventh seed, we're playing a tough-ass Washington team that's full of young guys who can run and gun. They're not going to be tired. They probably don't have as many injuries as us, and they'll probably give us a run for our money. Because like I said, the guys that we kind of we're hoping can contribute a little extra, haven't been. And that's been the problem in both of these games, right? We saw it in the game against the Bucks, where the bench had a total of like 30-something points, which was nothing. And then you flip that over to the game against the Hornets, a game we were leading, right, at some point. And then we end up having to strike to come back, and they end up pulling away from us. But even still, that, that bench performance that night was atrocious, you know, atrocious. Bam suffered. He had a terrible game, one of the few terrible games that he had. But we had 10 points coming off the bench, six from Caleb Martin, four from Cody Zeller, who just got there. Nobody else is contributing on this team. Nobody else uh, seems to be, like, giving a damn. You know what I mean? It's unacceptable. Yeah, man. It's not, it's, it's not heat basketball. No, and, and, and you said it. Struess has been seriously lacking in that department where I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's a, this is the best that he's ever, like we got the best out of him and now he's tapped out. But between him and, and Victor Lodipo, these were two guys who we were looking at in the beginning of the season saying, Coño, we have a good little backup here uh, as far as coming off the bench. People were even talking about Victor Oladipo starting and and getting back to his all-star level. That guy hasn't shown anything, anything except for a spurt. And for me, like for you, if you're that type of caliber player, you can't do it in spurts. It has to be 10 games consistent, 12 games consistent, 15 games consistent. And then you have your three, four, five games off, right? Like we've seen Jimmy do, uh, bam, right? He had a bad game that night. Six of 14, 14 points, didn't really shoot it well. Even with all of that, the the core is fine, but the core is also starting to get tired, right? You mentioned Jimmy getting tired. I'm sure Bam is exhausted from carrying these guys most of the nights, right? And he's probably looking at Hero and Oladipo and, and the rest of these guys saying like, yo, this is the time where you guys should be helping me the most. 
right? Because I need the break. I need the rest before we get into the playoffs. And now I'm forced to play 40 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game without a break. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Jimmy. I don't know who the fuck we can play right now in that in that guard position because nobody's really wanted to take a hold of that and say, yo, I'm going to make this position mine. I'm going to take all these starter minutes. Granted, this was the first game uh, against Charlotte that we saw um, Tyler Hero get back to his Tyler Hero-esque. But even still, he was 10 of 23, you know what I'm saying, for 33 points, 6 of 12 from three-pointer, which is kind of good that he's back to feeling confident shooting the three. But I don't like Hero taking 23 shots a game. You know what I mean? Like how there's no way he can be an efficient scorer, especially in the playoffs, if he's taking 23 shots. That's like a recipe for disaster for this team. I agree. I completely agree. I think that's way too many shots. 23 shots, bro. I mean, yeah, you, you what it was a 10 for you said 10 for 23? Yeah. So, I mean, you're shooting at less less than 50%. 50%. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess the stats are okay, you know, you think about it like that, the the statistics fine, but that's still just way too many shots for him to be dragging it up like that. Yeah. I I rather I rather him be like 10 for 16. Hell yeah. And and even if it's Eight for 13, nine for 13. Yes. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take that. But yeah. it's also the type of shots that he's taking. Like like we were alluding to earlier, we're not a shoot three-point shooting team, but yet we find ourselves chucking up threes, putting up threes. This game against the Hornets, we put up 36. So in two games, we put up 76 three-pointers, 76, and we only hit 20 of them. That's not the the way he basketball goes. We usually play from the inside out. Let Bam, Jimmy do the work in the paint, get points in the paint, and let everybody drive, get those easy dunks. But now we're becoming a three-point shooting team when this never been our forte, especially this year. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, we know that Spo is trying to do the best with what he has, and it must be frustrating for him as much as it's frustrating for us, right? Because he is actually responsible for the performance these guys are putting out there, whether he's dribbling the ball or shooting the ball, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he's going to get the blame. He's going to get the wins and the losses, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we're going to start asking, you know, for something at this point, you know, who do we look at is going to be, you know, the captain of that ship. What's going on? It's, and- it's troubling, dog. It is. It's not. It's not good. It's not reassuring. You know, I I don't feel good about the rest of the season, dog. You know, frankly, it doesn't. No. You know, we can't win on the road. Um, you know, our 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 bench and our unlikely heroes. You know, we haven't even brought that up this season, man. We can't they even talk about been, an unlikely. Exactly. That's my point. Like, we're not we're not playing the way we have in the last couple of years. And it's like, man, if we came in here with the mentality, we're going to run it back. We're not going to make any crazy big moves. We're not going to go after Donovan Mitchell. We're not going to go after a big man, you know, before the season starts for, to, to develop that properly and all that. Then it's a certain level of expectation that we have, you know, based on the last three, four years that we've seen yeah. with this team. And this is by far the worst season Miami's Heat, this Miami Heat team has seen in the last four years. In a long time, dog. And you know what? For me, I'm okay with with certain things, right? I'm okay with losing games here and there. But what I'm not okay with is the lack of attitude, right? It feels like these guys, when they get behind, it's like, oh, well, shit, that's the game. Time to give it up. Let's pack it up and we'll get them again tomorrow. It's like, no, dude, let's let's go after these wins. Let's go after these performances. Let's try to lock teams down. Well, all right, we're not shooting well. Cool. Let's play great defense. And we're not even getting that. The main guy on this team rebounding is is um bam. Without him, this team is like has no double digit rebounders. Zero. 
you know? And yeah, Kevin Love is going to help. Cody Zeller is going to help down the line. But at, at the moment, we need it right now. And I kind of like that Kevin Love is continued, continuing to get the starts. I really do because ultimately what it shows me is that Spose sees a fit between him and Bam, and they just got to figure it out, right? And of course, and, eventually, and eventually they will. Eventually, they he's will. gonna he's gonna have you know he's not gonna be a double digit scorer for us. I don't I don't Correct. see Kevin Love. Maybe occasionally he'll be able to go out four or five threes and get over that, but he'll have two. You know, one, two, maybe three, three pointers, uh, maybe from the corner, something like that. But first game, he had eight rebounds. Second game with us, 13 rebounds. Yep. The the last game against the Sixers, only three, you know, battling down there with those, you know, big men down there that they got. But 18 and three, I mean, 21 in the first two games, that's averaging, you know, over over double digits. That's that's what I'm expecting from Kevin Love, not to mention right. his ability to pass the ball from attracting attention and then being able to kick it out to set our guys up. So rebounds and assists, bam, we know is going to be the guy to score. If we can take the pressure off of him from having to bring the ball up the court. Somebody brought, brought that up to me the other day. I can't remember who it was. We're like, I hate when I see bam bringing it up the court. And I'm like, like but he's it. our best player. He's like, he's the guy that the offense is going to run through. So it's like, I'm going to be perfectly fine with, you know, bam, Bringing that up the court, I feel that confidence in it. But I understand, you know, get, let him get settled and get him the ball. But certain points of the game, I'm perfectly fine with Bam running that ball up the court and, and kind of running point for us. I like it. You know what I mean? Because for me, it just shows his dynamic ability to not only bring it up, but also attack. And a lot of times when he does bring the ball up the floor, he's going straight to the hoop. He's not looking for a pass. He's not waiting at the top of the key to get the offense situated. Nah, he sees a lane. He's like, you know what? I could probably get to the rim in three dribbles. Let me try to do this. And that type of aggression towards the basket is what's lacking on this team. Like I said, we have a bunch of combo guards, but none of them really do anything that's really a well. specialized, right? A specialized tool. We need these guys to start attacking the basket. Dog, you put up four threes and they don't go in. Your next two shots better be trying to get a layup. Even if you get blocked or you get fouled, whatever, that's how you kind of like work the game of basketball. You know what I mean? I totally, I totally get it, man. I mean, I don't know how to play basketball, but I know <laughs> what the expectation is when I'm watching it for these guys. That uh, it's, it's, I, I totally agree. It's like, come on, man. We got some nights and more often than not, we've had a lot more this season mm. than, than, than any other season I can recall. We just can't buy a bucket. At that all, Milwaukee man. game, we couldn't buy a bucket at all. At all. Everything was missing. Everything was missing. And again, sometimes when you're shooting bad, you just need to say, F it, I'm going to the rim. I don't care if I get fouled. I don't care if I miss. I don't care. But I'm going to try to force my flow into this game. And you right. got to be able to do that. And again, the guards have been letting us down. You know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with Sergio and we were talking about like what the playoff lineup could look like. And he was insisting on Lowry being in the lineup. And my main counter argument to anybody who thinks that Lowry should be starting in the playoffs is, what has this guy done consistent for us? Yeah, he's the type of point guard that we need, right? Uh, a guy who can pass the rock, hit threes, set up the offense, X, Y, Z, right? All of those traditional point guard things. But the counter to that is he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it to any decent level this year or last year, you know? And last year we gave him a pass because of all the games, personal issues, this, that, and the third. Cool. This season is something different. Now you're 38 years old. Your body looks like it's breaking down. We're depending on you for, for some type of 
positive on the court and he's not giving us that. So for me, it's like now, you you, you know, to, to tie back up to what you said earlier, that second round exit, it's looking like a first round exit. If we can't get this guard play situated. Yeah, Bam is going to do his thing, play 40 minutes a game. Kevin Love's probably going to play 30 minutes a game. Uh, Caleb Martin's probably going to get 20 minutes a game. Jimmy Butler, we know he's going from tip to tip, uh, you know, from quarter to quarter. But anybody else, it's a toss up and we don't know what we're going to get from them. And I, and I personally think that this team, the way it's built, the way it is right now, it's going to have a real hard time getting out of the first round. That's if we even get to the sixth seed, because this four-game losing streak not only has it pushed us back, you know, into the, the playing tournament, into the seventh spot, but it's also put us even farther from the Knicks. Now we're two and a half games behind the Knicks. With them having momentum, they're on a five-game winning streak. We're on a four-game losing streak. We just keep falling back and, and further back and further back. That's That, to me, just shows, like, unless something drastic happens with this team and they find a spark and ride the spark the rest of the season, this season is not going to end well. And we're going to be looking at a playoff appearance, maybe, right, if we can get in, survive the playing tournament. And if we do, playoffs, that second round, whatever, it's not going to be a good round for us. It's looking like a quick exit unless Jimmy and Bam just go completely crazy and dominate games four times in a row. Like, I I, I don't see that happening. Though. They, they they can't do it for 48 minutes. It's, uh-huh. it's just without giving something up, it's it's near impossible to ask just that, that of the, just those two guys. But we got to do something, man. The uh, the second quarter just started against Philadelphia, and we're actually up 31-24. So, got to uh, hope that you get this game because, truth be told, you need some type of positive momentum before we come back. And we got six straight games at home coming up in March. Uh, starting with Philadelphia, we play the Knicks, Atlanta twice, Cleveland twice. Teams that are... In the same bucket as us, right? Because Cleveland is also trying to make the playing tournament. Atlanta's trying to make it. We know that New York is obviously in the sixth seed. Philadelphia's battling to keep these guys away from their third seed. We need these games more than anybody else does. And I don't just don't feel confident right now on this heat team to pull off five straight wins at home, you know, or go five and one at home in this little stretch. Would I love to see it? Of course. But I personally am not waiting for it to happen. I really think that... At best, we'll get four games, and at worst, we'll probably win two of these games at home, and that should have sucked. That should have sucked, man. Philadelphia's not going to give a shit. So if we lose this game in Philadelphia and come back to play Philadelphia again on Wednesday, man, man, that's not going to be pretty. Mm, I'm not not sure what to think anymore, to be honest (laughs) with you. Miami basketball has been uh, a, a big question mark this season. We just have to look forward to pretty much the offseason, right? And like what moves can be made? Who's going to stick around? Um, who do we bring back, right? And and those are the things that we, unfortunately, it's always in the back of our mind, but it's going to slowly start to creep f- to the front of the mind if they, he can't find a way to turn it around, man. They got to find a way to turn it around. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, a team that has been kicking ass for us down here in Miami when it comes to basketball has been the Hurricanes. Mm. Um, the Hurricanes have been killing it. They were riding a seven-game winning streak. Uh, beat Virginia Tech on the road. Uh, actually had to come back on Virginia Tech because they were shooting lights out that night. Um, ended up getting the dub, seventy-six to seventy. And then we come home Saturday to play FSU. Hated FSU, right? To keep Un- our win- unranked, unranked, FSU. way below five hundred. I think they were eight and sixteen at that point. 
And in my mind, I'm thinking this is the classic trap game, right? Where you mm. have a team who's really down on their luck, dealing with a bunch of injuries, have a bunch of bad losses, are coming into a place that's hostile. Um, obviously, there's a lot of hype around it. Uh, the undefeated streak, being ranked inside the top 15, have, you know, getting all these praises about the NCAA tournament. And it was a recipe for disaster for the Hurricanes, man. Um, for whatever reason, they come out to, you know, the second half was really what what sparked everything for me. Because when I'm watching that game on Saturday afternoon and I'm, and I'm looking at the first half, I'm like, all right, this is something that we could build on. Right. We're up 54 to 31. We're dominating inside the paint. We're getting good looks at threes. Let's see if we could keep this rolling. Right. And then all of a sudden. You know, two minutes into the second half, a light switch flicks on for the FSU and these guys just start making everything near the basket. They were killing us inside the paint. It was just bucket after bucket. And meanwhile, the Hurricanes just had turnover after turnover after turnover. And it went from being a damn, we're going to smoke these guys out of the building to holy shit, we might lose this game. And it went down tit for tap for like the last four minutes of that game. And while watching it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is this is a good experience for the Hurricanes, right? This is a type of tournament game where you're in a battle against a team that you might have not been considering to be on the same level, but now you're here and you got to fight for the win. It kept going back and forth the, the entire stretch. And the I don't want to say the craziest part is just the the most uh, uh, the the part that was most frustrating, the most frustrating thing that was happening was the amount of turnovers, man. These guys had 12 turnovers in that second half. 12 turnovers. And four Super of them sloppy. were like back to back to back to back. And that, for any team, any any sport, anybody who's up on a big league, if you're giving the ball away, whether it's football, ba- uh, basketball, you know, soccer, the other team is going to punish you eventually. They're going to punish you eventually. And that's exactly what happened. FSU just kept scoring inside the paint, scoring inside the paint, slowly chopping. And then once they got that lead, credit to them, they did not give it up because UM tried, man. UM really did try. Uh, yeah, you know, but it was it was that second half was Murphy's Law, man. I mean, they yeah. were up 20. How, how many points were it? Was there 23, there? man. 23, 23 points. 54 you know, to 31. You give up a 23-point lead, and then it's like when one thing gets bad, the other thing gets worse, and it just keeps, you know, spiraling out of control. You know, talked about those back-to-back turnovers. When you're trying to get back in the game, trying to give yourself a momentum shift, mm-hmm. it just seemed like they kept stepping on their feet, you know, trying to run faster, but just kept tripping over themselves. And, it, I mean, eventually it ended up coming down to the last shot of the game where, where FSU ended up winning it pretty much, right? It was, bro. It did come down to the last shot. And what's crazy, again, it was – it was very back and forth, man. Very back and forth. So with about two minutes left, right, um, we're up and we're actually down one and it starts to tit for tat. They score a bucket. We score a bucket. They score a bucket. We score a bucket. Now, the the clutch part, the clutches part came down in the end because, you know, Miller had a great game for us. He's been one of the best players, stand on player this year for me. Uh, and he made the biggest shot of his UM career, in my experience, because it was such a high pressure shot. The clock was ticking down. We're down 82 to 81. You know, we try to get a, a, a shot, uh, missed it. Uh, Orchard, uh, uh, Omir actually missed the layup that could have put us ahead by one. We get the offensive rebound. And it's like, all right, we could hold it here for the last shot. Let's make sure we get a good shot. And sure enough, 
the ball moves around like it hadn't been in the second half. And we find Jordan Miller in the corner and he hits a big three to put us up. Now, the crazy part about it is that neither team had a timeout for the last two minutes. So once the ball was rolling, it was like, all right, who's going to have the most composure down the stretch in order to, to, to come out with the victory? Jordan Miller hits the three-pointer. Wasco Center goes crazy. Everybody's going crazy. About five seconds left. But what, what stood out to me was the lack of awareness. The lack of awareness from the team to say, hey, he just hit a shot. Now we have to defend. And we didn't. We let them not only inball the ball easily, the guy is able to inball the ball, get it to Matthew Cleveland. He drives up pretty much halfway up the court and throws up a big Hail Mary type three-pointer, which just happens to swish in as the time expired. And they even checked it because I'm thinking like, oh, shit, maybe maybe he was holding on to the ball when he hit that shot. No, no, no. But he got it off with a clear 0.3 seconds left, long-range three-pointer, Hits the shot to beat UM and snap the undefeated streak at home at 16. And FSU gets the win at 85-84. Heartbreaking. 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 You talk about, you know, what we've done at home this season. You talk about, you know, climbing up the rankings. You talk about running through the ACC. And then you talk, you know, you look at the other side of the spectrum with FSU and their season that they're having. And it's like, this is it. This is it. This is perfect. Perfect little game right here. And then sure enough, you come in there and you get let down. And yeah. it's it's brutal, man, because, you know, for me, on you know, two things. Number one, it's FSU. Right. FSU we hate UM's those guys. Number. They, had, they have FSU, UM's number right now. You talk football, you talk basketball, they got our numbers right now. And then number two, you know, when we're trying to get into March Madness, trying to get into, you know, or the tournament mode, you know, for a loss like that, I really don't know now how these guys are going to respond after a loss like that. Are they going to doubt themselves or are they going to go, you know what, you know, we didn't have our best and it still only came down to a coin flip at the end of the game. Yeah. And that, that's really what I want to see now, you know, going into March Madness is how they're going to respond after a loss like this. Well, it's good to have this type of adversity right before the tournament, in my opinion, right? Because, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You don't want to lose at home in that heartbreaking fashion. But at the same time, there is a valuable lesson within it. You cannot underestimate any opponent that you face, especially in the ACC. Because we saw it this weekend. There was a ton of upsets. Uh, Boston College had a huge upset against Clemson. Um even Virginia, they got upset in North Carolina, end up losing by by double-digit points, but they were down by 15, 20 pretty much throughout the second half against North Carolina, which ultimately benefited the Hurricanes, right? Because um, that kept them ahead of Virginia. Even though Virginia still ranked higher, uh, it kept them ahead of, in the ACC rankings, which currently we're 14-5, and five, half a game behind Pittsburgh which just so happens to be our last opponent, right? Who's now ranked at 25. And we had talked about it where Pittsburgh is a team that has been finding some type of momentum, especially in the ACC. So you don't want to sleep on a team like that. Now we're looking at this end, uh, at the end of the season and seeing this Pittsburgh game as a huge roadblock towards where the Hurricanes felt like they were going, right? Um, they wanted to dominate the ACC, get the get the double bye week, which they ultimately ended up doing because of Virginia losing. But it's still not not the way that they want to head into the momentum, especially nationally, right? Right, because we talked about it. The rankings that are going to be given to these teams shows how much the the rest of the college coaches, a people 
respects them and sees them as a threat. I don't know if if nationally, right, the Hurricanes are going to be seen as the threat that we thought they were going to be seen as, right? I'm not saying that this one loss derails the entire season because obviously it doesn't. We're still a great team. We're going to be a top seven, top eight seed no matter what because of how good we've been playing throughout the year. But you want that that belief, that confidence going into the into the tournament, especially the ACC tournament, man. Um, like I said, good thing for them. They still kept their their the double bye week, so we're not going to be playing until the middle of March or the second week of March um, in the ACC tournament. But still, you, you know, it's it's not going to bode well having this pressure going into this Pittsburgh game where you know you got to win to finish the season strong and to keep Virginia at bay while claiming the top spot in the ACC. You got to go out there and win this game. A win's going to be a win no matter what in that situation, but I think that for them to really make a, I wouldn't say an impression, but to really make some noise going into the rest of the, you know, the tournament and mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. they got to whoop Pittsburgh. You know what? Yeah, you know what? We let up our guard against a, a team that shouldn't have beat us, and it was a coin flip in the end. Mm-hmm. But we're going to tighten up, and we're going to come back and beat a top 25 team now handedly. On the road, because the game is going to be in Pittsburgh. So, like I you said, what it's going to And a win's yeah, a win no matter sure. what. If they don't go out for and sure. do that, they just win. A win's a win no matter what. For but sure. you go out there and you whoop Pittsburgh, dog, a little bit different yeah. story. Absolutely. I agree with you, man, because it just shows that you really are that team that people thought you were. Right. And and you believe that yourself. Right. Where a coach can look at his kids and be like, all right, you guys are ready for this tournament. That's that's a big part of it. Uh, I'm excited. You know, this game against Pittsburgh is going to be a huge one. Um, I'm 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 expecting a win. No doubt. I just don't know if it's going to be that blowout win, but it could be a statement win, right? Where you go out there and you just dominate both halves. You're up nine in the first half and you finish the game up 11, up eight, and you end it that way. And 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 that's probably a better performance, uh, statistically speaking, and maybe confidence, you know? But let's see, man. We'll have this game on March 4th. It's going to be against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, like I said. Uh, six o'clock game on the ACC Network. Big, big matchup to end the season right there for the Hurricanes before they, they head into Selection Sunday. And right now, like like I said, they're ranked, they're currently ranked 13, uh, 16, excuse me, with the new poll that came out. And they got to con- just continue to build off the momentum that the entire season has carried, you know. Uh, go out there, beat Pittsburgh handily, like you said. Show, get yourself uh, a good position in the ACC, win it and get a top five ranking for the NCAA tournament and go from there. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, guess what I did, dog? What'd you do? Mm. I know I'm not really guessing, but I'm not, I don't got time. My battery's dying. What's up? What you got? I created the bracket, my dog. Hey. Let's yeah. go, man. So this <clears throat> year, guys, Sports with Soso is going to have an NCAA bracket that we're going to open to the public. Uh, we'll set the link up once we have everything set up. Uh, but we encourage you guys to join us. And we might have a little prize for the person who ends up having the best bracket. Um, it might be me because, you know me, I'm a college basketball expert. I'm not. Or but. it might be me because I'm going to pick the opposite of you. Coño, that's a good strategy. That's Back. a good strategy. That's a good strategy. But yeah, we, we're going to make it fun for everybody who follows along with the show. Um, tournament time is always a fun time. You're watching basketball at work at you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, creating, playing VCU, and you're <laughs> rooting for one of those teams. You know what I mean? Because they're in your bracket. And you're so, watching it down to the last second. 
down to the last second, dog. So this year we're gonna do this uh sports with social NCAA bracket. Like I said, we'll let you guys know where you can find the link and we'll have the password all set up for you guys, and then you can try to beat Joel and Soso and see if you can do it, which I doubt. No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm sure a lot of people are out there, probably more experts than us, man. I'm gonna say a first timer. If you've never done it before, just go ahead and do it just for the beginner's luck aspect of it. Cause Hell yeah. you, you got nothing to lose. You can just join and you'll probably do better than people that actually watch college basketball. So there's always that one person in your office that's like, ah, I like this uniform. So I'm going to pick this guy. Oh, you know Bingo. what? I know somebody who went to the school who's married to somebody at the other school. I'm going to pick that one. Bingo. It works, man. It that's works. It. Um, I got to give a quick shout out to the Hurricanes baseball team, man. Uh, they swept, uh, no, they swept the first series, beat, won their second series right now, ranked uh, 22 in the nation, currently seven and one. Uh, this baseball team is full of stars. Uh, we saw how much love that baseball team was getting from the student section when we went to the Duke game. Um, man, UM Athletics, bro, is, is really surging forward. Uh, we had the great season with the basketball team. Baseball team is off to a hot start. So if you haven't been to a baseball game in a while, uh, you don't like going to the Marlins game, I encourage you to go watch this Hurricanes baseball team. A, you're going to be able to get an amazing milkshake at Mark Light. And B, you're going to see some future MLB stars on that team because they got some studs, man. Uh, I want to go just to try that milkshake you keep talking about. Yeah, man, it's worth it, dog. You know what? We're going to plan it out, doggy. We're going to plan it out. We gotta pick. We gotta pick a day and make it out there, man. But yeah, yeah they're um, killing it, man. I baseball, mean, bro. Not, not, not to mention women's and women's athletics too. The women's basketball team. I mean, I know you wanted to talk about basketball, but I just want to point out that every team except for the one getting the most millions of dollars is excelling at University of Miami. So, bravo to you, ladies. Under, are killing it under you know sold uh, programs. Stuff. But yeah, you know programs. what? But but you know what? Um, the the football program hired some a new defensive coordinator. They have some key positions that they added to. Going to be year two of Cristobal. Some might say we have something to look forward to, but they're going to have to get the dubs. You know, that's what counts here. They got uh, to earn it. You know, the way, they the, earn way, it. the way you felt about the Dolphins going into this season is the way that I feel about the Hurricanes going into next season, man. You got to earn the respect. Getting, getting no love from me right now. Absolutely, man. Um, you know who's not getting any love from me either? The Panthers, bro. I, I can't with these guys, dog. I, I can't with these guys, dog. They're they're the ultimate roller coaster team. They win a game, they lose a game. They win a game, they lose a game. They win another game, and then they lose another game. And every other game that they lose, it's like, damn, you guys are in it. But like we were talking about with the Heat, there's there seems to be a lack of confidence, a lack of spark, of lack of inspiration, something. Something to get this team rolling, bro. If I would have told you 50 something games in, the Panthers would have been just three games above 500, you would have looked at me like I'm crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable, really. I mean, it's another. It's another feeling that I get like I'm watching the heat, you know what I mean? Because it's not what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's like once we're spoiled, dog, like once you give we us are. a certain level and you're not changing, we're not a rebuilding year. We're not trying to do something crazy here. We're doing the same thing, just getting different results, worse results. Worse and results. It's not looking good, bro, especially, I mean, you look at that division. You got Boston 45 at 8. Talk mm. to me. Mm. What is going on? 37 and 15 for the Maple Leafs. Check this out. Mm. Eight overtime losses for the Maple Leafs. And they're still only 37 and 15. Mm. I mean, 37 and 18 for the Lightning, who we're playing next. Correct. And I mean, we're, we're sitting there in, with two, four, six, 
the sixth spot in our division. I mean, on the outside looking in. Barely in the in the race for the wild card, you know. And a, a lot of it has to do with either the coaching or the players. Because you said it. It's been status quo for the Panthers, right? They've been steadily building up to having a legitimate contending team for not only the playoffs, but for the Stanley Cup. To actually go out there and win the championship. We haven't seen that at all this year. Not one time this season have we been like, yo, the Panthers might get a, a, a good role going on here. Not once. And it's disheartening because of how much has been invested into this team. And you know what? We can talk about the goalie issues, Big Bobby and her, and he's been back and playing consistently. But there's something up with this team because it's not being not being able to score as consistent as it was last year. And on top of that, we've added more dynamic players. Matthew Kachuk has been amazing this season for us, right? It can't be. Cardi Verhage is having a hell of a season this year. Uh, Barkov is doing his thing. Stay, he's staying steady. What is it that's happening with this Panthers team, dog? I can't figure it out. And the only thing that I can point to the only thing I can point to is the coach. The coach's message is not getting through to the players. I don't know if it's tactics. I don't know if it's, you know, approach, right? I don't know if it's the locker room feels the tension from not being as good as they thought that they were going to be. But it all falls down to the coach. He got the job. He was the one who had the experience. He's the one who came in with this type of pedigree with playoff experience and this, that, and the third and the expectations fall on him. It doesn't fall on the players because if you look at the stats, the stats look pretty good. But then you look at the record and it's like, whoa. Do they? I mean, I guess individual, yeah. But yeah, individually. Team stats. I mean, for me, the biggest thing that stands out is, is you know, the goals we've given up and that goal differential. Mm. Mm. We can't win. We're not going to be able to win even at home when yeah. we have a negative goal differential. We're not putting up goals when we need to. And we're giving up way too many uh, regularly, which that's that's become an issue, man. I mean, you know, you talk about you know you don't want to you know call out the goalies, but we've had issues. Big Bob just came back. Yeah, we were dealing with Spencer Knight and, the, and then a third string guy who was you know giving up a ton of goals. Four goals so, a game he averaged. Fuck. You know, and what are we scoring? We're not averaging four goals or we're putting up a game. No, no. So that's that differential that I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, sure. the, the sad thing is, you know, not sad, but you know, the fact that we're not below 500. Because if we were below 500. This guy be out of here by now, but we're just teetering and we keep teetering. It's like, ah, we're just above. We're just right there. We're just above. And I think until, you know, it gets way worse, that guy's not going nowhere, unfortunately. Well, that's kind of the situation that Chelsea's in, right? They spent all this money, got all these players, but you make an investment into a coach. Things aren't going right. And now you have to stay with the coach. Panthers are in that same boat. You made all these investments. You got these players. You make the trade. You, you flip draft picks. You get you get young stars. You get a good goalie, you pair him up with a backup goalie, and now where are the results? This team is too talented on paper, on ice, whatever you want to call it. This team is extremely talented to be only three games above, above 500, dog. This 29 and 26 record is not where it's at for this Panthers team. And the sad part is, is that, you know, they, they're not even really going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. No. Right? Because, you know, at least with the Heat, it's like, all right, you guys are going to get into the tournament. You might have the play-in. You might be able to sneak into the sixth spot and get, and get you know, your kicks that way. Panthers, they look like they just keep falling back and yeah, falling back and falling back. If the if the heat the question with the heat is are they going to make it out of the first round? You know, the right. question with the Panthers is are they even going to have a chance at the wild card? 
Bro, and if, if they don't make the wild card again, what does that say about the coach? How does the GM, Bill Zito, how does he assess the situation in the season? Does he say, right. damn, my moves didn't work on the ice, right? This player, I shouldn't have traded. I should have kept this guy. We should have traded for this guy. Or is it the coach that I brought in and he's the issue? And for me, I'm kind of leaning towards the coach because if an interim coach last year was able to do more with a squad that didn't have uh, as much talent as this squad has currently constructed, if he was able to get to the second round of the playoffs, how come this guy can't? You know what I mean? Like, again, I don't know if it's the tactics. I don't know if it's the the mood in the locker room, the vibe, whatever. It is off. And you can't blame the players. At some point, they're the guys playing their hardest, going out there on the ice and giving it their best. You know what I mean? What is the coach doing to make a change? What is he doing to get a spark? We've seen Spo do it, right? Where he goes into a specific lineup or he'll ride a certain guy and say, you know what? I'm going to give this guy an extra 20, 10 minutes that he probably needs to get some of his confidence back, right? We've seen O'Hero and the plays they run for him. Why isn't that happening with the Panthers? You know what I mean? Granted. Big Bob has been the last four goalie in the uh, the the goalie in the last four games, and yet we've been five hundred, two and two, loss, win, loss, win. That's not consistent. It's consistent at being frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely leading leading the league in that, but it, it's just so weird with this Panther team. And you and I, you know, what I'm saying we're not hockey heads like that, so we can't dive deep into the stats and say, well, this expected goals and this and that. No, we're just looking at the product that's on the ice and looking at the results and saying whatever is happening on the ice is definitely adding to why our record sucks because we can't we can't hold the lead, and if we do have a lead, we're almost always guaranteed to give it up. So, like. What what else can can happen to this Panthers team? I don't know, man. It's 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 weird that we even talk about it so much because, you know, we we would have seen or I would have hoped to to see a move, right? You and I have been talking about it for two weeks now. Going, you know, a lot of teams have been making trades. This team is trading future draft picks for this center and getting a defenseman and getting this extra winger. And meanwhile, the Panthers haven't done crap. Trade deadline is March third, and there hasn't been not even a rumor of us making a trade or us looking to make a trade or, or, or calling some other team. There hasn't been anything on that front. So again, it, it points back to Bill Zito. What, how is he assessing the team in this season, right? Is he figuring if it's the coach? Is it the players? Is it my system? Is it this? It's it's a very weird situation. And, and truth be told, I don't think it's going to bode well for next season. Right, because you already changed the coach three times, one by force, one by an interim coach, and another one that you hired. Changing the coach probably won't be the solution, even though the coach may not be the fit. But at some point, you kind of have to ride the wave and see if these guys can figure it out. They got a little bit of uh, uh, room left. Uh, Seems is almost over. They're currently what three points behind Pittsburgh for the wild card spot. I don't know, man. I don't know. It does not look good for this Panthers team. And if they were to if they were to miss the playoffs this year, I'm sorry, bro. Somebody has to get fired, dog. Like I a agree. trainer, a scout, you know, fire the popcorn guy. Something. Somebody, bro. Like a guy doing the slushies or something. I mean, maybe not those guys actually. No, no. no. Fire somebody prominent. You know, somebody that's gonna bounce oh, back, man. get a resume, you know, get another job. Um, uh, but no, man, I agree. It's looking bleak. 
It's, it's looking bleak, man. And, and look, last last point I'm gonna make before we start to wrap up the show for for the for the offensive side, right? Like we can't look at that and say, Konya, we had a dip there. No, we have a guy that's scoring 31 goals this year, which is Verhage. Kachuk is right up there with him, 28 goals. Uh, Sam Reinhardt has have a an amazing season. He's on 21 goals. The 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 team has three guys that has over 20 something assists, like. The scoring is not the problem. It's how we score and how we stop them from scoring. And in this game of hockey where you, you can easily beat a team forward one, and we saw that happen so many times with this team, it's mind-boggling why it, the stats aren't adding up, bro. It's just, there's no other way to put it. The stats are not adding up for this team, man. And on top of that, they got a tough schedule. They're playing Tampa Bay tomorrow by the time you guys are hearing this, right? Another, another seven-game stretch weird that both the Panthers and the Heat are going to be struggling and coming home to play a bunch of home games in March, which they both desperately need because they have eight games at home. And a lot of these games against are Nashville, Pittsburgh, um, Winnipeg, Montreal, New Jersey, teams that are ahead of us, teams that are, uh, uh, you know, ahead of us in the wildcard chase teams that we need to be right. I don't feel confident in their homestand. Last year, home was sacred. All we did was win at home. We couldn't lose at home. And so this eight-game streak, uh, eight-game home streak would have been perfect for this Panthers team last year. Uh, last this year, it wasn't out of the question for them to go seven out of eight. You know? you know? This year, it's like, if we go four and four, I'd be happy. No, you'd be surprised. I'd be like, you, they got four. You know, truth be told, they're probably going to get three out of these next eight. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it goes the yeah, other way. And, and me saying this, you know, is going to inspire them to do something different. But I don't know, man. It's not looking good. It's not looking good for this Panthers team, bro. <sighs> man. Yeah, bro. It's kind of disheartening, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the long side. Just thinking about Miami sports right now, kind of kind of rough. It's rough, man. It's rough, you know, but um, yeah, you, at least we have stuff to look forward to. You know, like like we've talked about, if you guys haven't gone to a heat game this season, definitely go out there. That's always a vibe. A Panthers game is definitely a vibe, regardless of the product on the ice. It's always good um, to go out there and have a good time. The arena's a really dope spot. Um, very enjoyable. Even the Hurricanes, man, you know, if you haven't been to a Hurricanes game this year, you missed it. You know, the vibe was where it was at. So going to these games is definitely a good experience, but the product on the on the field, court, ice. Yeah. It's got to match, man. It's got to yeah, match. They got to they gotta get back to where we were, man. It's got to match, man. Uh, I wanted to ask you a quick question um, because some news came out in the golf world, right, which is kind of like our side gig there. Um, if you haven't already, go subscribe to Miami Golf Bros right now. You don't want to miss Miami Golf Bros 2023 trip. You don't want to miss that. Um, you know, they made an announcement where the guys playing on the live tour are going to be able to compete in the majors mm. this year. And a lot of guys had some mixed feelings. Um, we know that the Netflix series is out um, full swing. If you haven't watched that, it's amazing. Go watch it. It definitely gives you some insight. All these uh, relationships kind of got a little bit strained with PGA uh, tour and live. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious to think your to get your thoughts on this, man. What do you think about this situation? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's an absolute must, you know, because you still have some of the best players in the world that just happen to change leagues. They just happen to play for the live tour. And yeah, you know, it's, there's always going to be questions about, you know, is that money washing that they're doing? And, you know, do you support that morally and all that? But when you look at just the sport of things, you know, the sport of golf and the players themselves, those guys 
are all top tier players as far as, you know, your Dustin Johnson's, your Cam Smith, your Brooks Kepka, you know, those guys are all just as good as any of the guys from the PGA uh, tour. So if you're going to have, you know, a major championship where the cha- the major championships are not regular tournaments, they're major championships, right? You right. want to have the best talent in the world so that that way you can have, you know, it's, it's basically a Royal Rumble. It's a no holds bar, it's just a full, over four days on any given golf course. And we're going to find out who the best golfer in the world is. So I think that that's important. Uh, for the game of golf, you know, to make sure that those players are allowed to to be there. I think it's important for um, us as fans, you know, to be able to get to see those guys, you know, and, and I think it's also important for, you know, just the storylines that the, the, the media is going to be able to get now, you know, is the live player going to win a major championship and what does that entail? What does that mean? Because last year when Cam Smith won the Open, he won it and then shortly thereafter went to live. So he, he wasn't a live player just yet. Now this is, you know, this these set of majors coming up, starting with the Masters next month, uh, or two months, I should say, uh, is going to be the first one for him after he's joined live. So that's going to be, you know, there's those are going to be interesting tournaments. Everybody's going to be looking at those because, you know, I think the guys from the PGA got a chip on their shoulders. Like, hey, we want to represent for the PGA. And I think the, the live guys are caught him on the same boat like you know what dude like you're still ain't shit i can still beat you right so uh, i think it's good man i like it me too man i think it, it, it it's like you said you have to make the 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 product the best it can be right and if your main goal is to you know showcase the product of golf then you have to have the best mm-hmm. golf players in the world playing in the biggest tournaments you know what i mean um like the honor problem is this weekend in orlando uh cool little tournament scotty won it last year Interested to see if he if he goes out there and wins it again. Um, and then the weekend after that, we have the Players' Championship, which Cameron Smith won. You know what I'm saying? And now he's a live tour guy. You know, how do you not have this guy come back and try to defend that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you not have these guys participate in the biggest tournaments? And well, he won't and, be able to defend no, at, the, the at the players, right? <clears throat> but that's part of it. You know banned, what I mean? You know, as part of Jay Monahan's. But that's the thing too. That's the importance of all these other major championships having their own committees and their own boards separate from PGA. You right. know, because I think you know you got the Masters, you got the the U.S. Open, you got the open and then you also have the PGA championship. And I think that they were you know, already going to be allowed it. The, the other three, the question was on the PGA championship, PGA championship because of right. the PGA championship. And they said that, yeah, they're going to allow them. So, uh, you know, I think those are the, those are the main ones, you know, it'd be nice to get cam and these guys, you know, at the waste management, you know, for the fans, all the fans right. that go to 16, it'd be nice to get them at, you know, the fifth major, you know, so to speak, which is the, the players championship. But Hey, as long as, I can see them in the majors. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to right. see these guys in the John Deere. I mean, you look at the Honda Classic this past weekend. Who won that? Talk to me. Yeah. Chris man. Kirk? Chris Kirk. Yeah. Who is that guy? First win in eight years or something. You know, Never so heard of him. He's been on tour for like 15 years. Great for him. Great for, the, you know, I totally get that. That's awesome. Life changing and all that stuff. But, you know, the field was trash. You know, you have a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of qualifier guys, you know, trash in the sense of like, it's not the top names. The top 50 players in the world were not there. A lot of rookies. Maybe a couple. Yeah, exactly. A lot of rookies. We don't really care about those events. So what do we care about? We care about the majors. And that's what the players care about, too. And that's what we're seeing here. So as long as they get to play, I'm okay with everything else. 
Me too, man. I think it's just, uh, it just helps grow the game of golf. You know what I mean? Like you and I have seen it personally, how many of our friends and extended friends have gotten into golf or start watching golf and now are playing golf. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a disservice to those people who are coming into the game, right? Or the sport of golf and be like, oh, you can't watch this guy. Oh, well, this guy you can't watch. And this guy's not allowed to play here. It's like, no, 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 no. If it's the big tournaments and it's the best, I want to see the best go at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's live, PGA, don't matter. I want to see the best go at it. That's like, I, you know what I wish, you know, I guess the parallel would be um, if UFC and like one FC or right. or would be like, you know what? You get your heavyweight and we'll get our heavyweight and let's let them fucking fight it out. But it's like, no, nah, you want to do it. You got to do it in UFC or you got to do it in Bellator. Right. You can't really fight it out. So there are talks, though. That's where the, what is nice about my whole point of that was that's what's nice about the major championships is we get to see all that. But there is a rumor. There is rumblings that there may be a live versus PGA event in the works down the road. That would be amazing. And it would benefit both leagues, both leagues immensely. You know what I mean? Because it's it's like you were making that analogy with MMA, right? And Pride and, and uh, UFC. If they were to put on one event a year, just one event in the middle of the summer where you say, hey, my champion versus your champion, my champion versus your champion, my champion versus your champion. Bro, that would be the biggest selling pay-per-view Every year. Why? Mm -hmm. Because people would want to tune into the see the absolute best versus the absolute best. And it only makes sense for the for live and PGA to come to some type of agreement to say, all right, let's do one tournament here where we hype it up all year. Right. Maybe at the end of the season and we do your best guys versus our best guys and we rock it that way. You know, I think that's that again helps grow the game of golf, continue to bring it to the people who enjoy sports, enjoy high level competition. You know what I mean? And um, it, it doesn't hurt, man. You got to, you got to, you want to make money. Live players want to make money. PGA wants to make money. This is an easy money maker. <laughs> if you, you know follow, I mean? listen, if you want to talk about the corrupt and, you know, Saudi and what they're doing over there, if you want to follow the money, follow the money then. Cause the PGA is sponsored by tons of banks that if you follow the money, Who's really controlling what and what are they doing? So Absolutely, we can we can man. get into the nitty gritty. I just want to look at the golf. I don't care about the other stuff. That's all I, I care just about. Want good competition that's going to entertain me. That's it, man. That's it. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on that owner Palmer dog because I might be able to. Oh yeah. Up there and API, get API is always a fun man. Palmer dog. That shit's always fun, dog. We got him. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, if I we were richer, if we were richer, we would be up there like every other rich. <laughs> if we were rich, period, bro, I'd be going to all these tournaments and be lit. But uh, I'm picking lit, up what man. you're putting down. So let me do something for you. Yeah, man, let's do it. That's it, man. Um, Got to thank you guys for tuning in to this short version of the podcast. Wasn't uh, short, bro. We got a whole hour out here. Yeah, we did, man. Yeah, we, gotta, we just we changed it up. We, you know, we got to meet the demand. You know, we got to put it out when we when we can. We when we can't meet up, we got the stream yard to fall consistency back on. Consistency so. is key, guys. If you want to make something dope, you got to stay consistent, and that's what we do here. Everyone from the yard doing a big podcast, baby. Live from the yard. If you haven't already, head on over to the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. We got a exclusive interview with uh, up and coming heavyweight Lorenzo Medina Lorenzo Medina the giant killer I just want to call him the giant killer all the yes, time sir. <laughs> but shout Coming out to soon, Lorenzo baby. shout out to Kevin Gleason he just uh, announced that he's having a baby a friend of the show man really happy for him and you guys know what to do to tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend while they're at it. To tell one more friend about this podcast and make them go to YouTube get their phone and hit the subscribe button for them. Until next time y'all Peace. Peace.